All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Nasty Knuckles, the Hockey Outlaws Podcast, with your hosts, Derek Nasty Sotomayor and former Philadelphia Flyer Enforcer, Riley Cote, as they go behind the scenes with your favorite NHL players. This week's guest is former NHL forward and two-time Stanley Cup champion with the Chicago Blackhawks, with a reputation for singing in public... Chris Versteen. Time to face off. All right. Welcome back to another episode of Nasty Knuckles. What is going on, Nasty? I'll tell you what, Briggs. The flowers are blooming. The grass is growing. And it's time to chop those weeds. I'm talking to you because I know you've not been chopping them <laughs> lately. Lately. Uh, Yes. Thanks to our sponsor, Manscaped, you can trim your holes safely and efficiently. Ooh, got to trim them safely and, and efficiently. You, you have to be efficient when you're shaving your balls. <laughs> I mean, there's no doubt about that. I am talking about ball trimmers, Riggs. Manscaped, the global leaders in men's below-the-waist grooming, have an exclusive offer for our audience. Use code KNUCKLES to get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Join the other 2 million men who trust Manscaped. They are here to make sure you are trimmed and smelling nice. After all, it's time for spring cleaning, Riggs. Oh, is it ever. Spring has sprung and Manscaped has the best tools to get you ready. You guys should have figured it out by now that you should not be trying to trim your balls with a razor and cutting them up. Riggs has this, he's got band-aids everywhere, (laughs) all over his nuts. Manscaped are the global leaders in men's below-the-waist grooming and have forever changed the grooming game and their amazing products. They are here to help 
with your above the waist holes too. Have you heard of their weed whacker rigs? I have. I got one. I know you do. This nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin safe technology, which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. Careful with your holes, bud. The delicate ones. The delicate ones, especially. No more gross nose hairs flying in the wind. That's disgusting. (laughs) The crop preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. It's starting to get hot outside, and this is crucial so your balls stop sticking to your legs. No one wants that nest. No, it's the legit worst. It it really (laughs) is. You'll also find the Crop Reviver spray-on toner for your balls, which will keep you smelling fresh down there, Riggs, just like spring flowers. Ooh, I love spring flowers. Who doesn't? Speaking of smelling fresh, complete your grooming game this spring with a new refined cologne signature scent by Manscaped. This stuff is legit. And we'll have you smelling like royalty. You'll be the talk of the next quarantine hang. Rigorelia. Smell good. Feel good this spring. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code knuckles and manscape.com. Do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for the job. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code knuckles at manscape.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code knuckles at manscape.com. It's spring cleaning, baby. Your balls are going to thank you, Riggs. Oh, yeah. And they have. Uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and you got to use the right tools, Nast. Use you the right to. tools. You're going to have you're going to have some issues. So you will. You will. Well done. Timmy well, Parr. <laughs> Timmy Parr. Well done. So what's going on, Nast? Everything good in your world? Yeah, everything's good, except a big. Uh, I have to say it. I, I, I it, it kills me to say it, boys, but uh, we got shit kicked last week. And I mean, oh. shit kicked big championship game coming up for Natty ice. Uh, we lost to the doubles and they said, we better hear about this on the pod. So I got to give them props. They beat us like a drum. I will say, and but we're coming this weekend. All right. They didn't know that we had, by the way, they had players right at the end of the season. Like the deadline's over boys. They had like in for the playoffs. I'm going to have to, like, we're going to have to, you're going to have to show up. Sunday. And I but, set the tone for a shift. That's all yeah. I got. What, what about you? What's going on? Uh, not a whole lot, man. Just enjoying the nice weather and, um, you know, looking, uh, looking at what the Flyers have been doing, following them a little bit uh, in the last week and seeing how they're inserting some of these young guys in the lineup and give them a little look-see. Yeah. What's yeah. going on for next year? And I think they're at that point now. It's just uh, giving these guys a little taste and uh, and see what they can do because they're yeah. obviously, uh, I think they've uh, uh, accepted that uh, playoffs postseason is a, is, a, is a no-go. So now we're just looking ahead and trying to figure out some pieces for next year. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I really didn't. We've talked about this weekly. Right. Did not see this with this team. <laughs> I, you know, I, it is. It's a shame, you know, like, it is nice to see the kids uh, getting thrown in there um, and getting a chance to play big uh, Zamula last night, big Z. Um, he played well, um, simple, simple player, but you know, he's long, he's a big, tall guy. Uh, I thought he played well last night. Still enjoying watching Allison. Um, I love that kid. I, I love the energy he brings. Yeah, a lot of you that know? Energy. So um, that's kind of cool, but it's still like we, we, we talked about it just sucks when, you know, you've got games and, and they don't really mean anything as 
I mean, standing wise, I mean, you could win them all now and I don't think we're going to get in, but no. uh, it, it's, it's tough to watch, but you know, got to look forward to next year, I guess. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Just, uh, find some positives within the season. Again, may look at these young guys and see what they can do. Um, G hit a milestone, uh, which yep. is a, a huge, another huge milestone for him slipping in the third, uh, third spot for all time flyers scoring, which is a, obviously a huge, a huge accomplishment and uh, with 33 points behind Billy Barber, which, uh, is pretty, uh, pretty amazing. So it is. And, and still people calling for his head around here. It blows my, blows my mind away. Yeah. No, blows my mind it's, away. it's hard. It's hard to replace a guy like that. I think when people talk bad about G, you know, they're, they think that he, he needs to be this extremely verbal leader, um, which is, you know, it's, it's not in his personality to be like a rah, rah, you know, loud type of leader. I think he is a great leader. I think the, the challenge within that locker room is a supporting cast of leadership. Uh, we talked about that before, you know, there's a, yeah. you know, a, a handful of guys, but you look around the, the league and see the teams that have won in the, in the last say, 10 years between the Pittsburgh Penguins, Chicago Blackhawks, LA Kings. Yeah. You know, they, they have a, a core group of leaders. So I think for, for G, it's just the surrounding cast, you know, just maybe building that surrounding cast of leaders. Uh, it's not that easy to do, but G is a high-level performer, an elite pro, um, and um, you, you get rid of him. How do you, re- I mean, how do you replace him? You know, you're going you're gonna to find a guy. You're probably going to end up overpaying for a free agent. Um, but that's my opinion. I love G. Yeah. Always have. Um, and his point production to me is – hasn't dropped hasn't dropped off they're just uh people are just looking for answers and trying to you know try and, and dig through the lineup and see see what the hole might be but you know gee high high high-end performer in my opinion and uh you know a great leader he's one of those quiet leaders but he he cares man you're not going to find a guy that competes uh, harder and yeah. shows up in practice and shows up with a good attitude uh at the rink and and, and is well respected in the locker room so to me yeah. that's a leader it doesn't have to be that vocal vocal leader but um, you know, you, you, you lead by example, right? Yeah. That's what it really it ends well, up being at the end of the day. What, what you said there's huge that I don't think a lot of people see is like Claude comes to work every day. He, he doesn't take a practice off. Like I've seen him for like years get on people if they're kind of goofing yeah, off for sure in practice. Like he practices how he plays. I I said yesterday to a, to this guy that was here in the shop and, He's like, well, I, finally, the other night, he, you know, gets two goals. I was like, what, what do you want him to do? Score two goals a game? No, yeah. no one does that. Like, yeah. he's not going to score 100 goals in 50 games. Like, I don't know, you know, but it makes me laugh. I know how some people just don't get it, but uh, he he shows up to play. I, I I honestly can't ever remember a game where I didn't know that G was given everything he had. He's his competitor. It could be. Yeah. Uh, you know, arm he's an arm wrestling yeah, guy. He's, exactly. He's just yeah. a, everything's <laughs> he's a, a competition with him, and it's ingrained and he, in his DNA for and sure. He, and I know it's cliche, but he hates to lose more than he likes to win. Like he, he this drives him nuts. But you know, he's not that guy that's going to get on TV and lose it, or you know, or whatever. He's just professional, and you know, goes yeah. about his business. But like you said, he leads by example. He's not a big screamer. He talks when he has to. Um, but uh, anyway. Yeah. Big, big accomplishment. And, you know, by midseason next year, he's going to probably have passed Billy. Yeah. Um, exactly. Which is, which is amazing. I mean, second all time. I don't care if he was played 20 years. It's, it's amazing. Like, yeah, I don't right. know if he'll catch Clarky, but. Um, that would be a tough one. That would be a tough one, but um, it's impressive. It is. 
And, you know, and, um, and in a comparison in the coaching world, you know, I remember John Stevens taking a lot of heat for not being overly dramatic on the bench and showing all this emotion. And I, I look at Johnny as like one of the greatest professionals I've ever been around. And oh, yeah. part of his, you know, his demeanor and his teaching was like is showing composure, right? I mean, it's easy to just like yeah. lose it and go off the rails and freak out every time something doesn't, doesn't go your way. And, yeah, people will get, uh, you know, get off on it, you know, it's entertaining, you know, it's and all yeah. that stuff. Um, but, you know, and, you know, I look at, I look at Johnny, he took a lot of heat for like, oh, we didn't show enough emotion on the bench and, you know, but it's like, it takes a lot of discipline to stand there when things aren't going your way and to maintain composure. You know, I look at Johnny, he's like, Man, this guy, I mean, I don't even know how he did that, you know, at that time. Cause I'm like, you know, myself and like, I'm trying to like, look at the coach. And, you know, you kind of like follow the coach's lead. If the coach comes unraveled, you mean, you mean your, te- yeah. your team's going to come unraveled, right? It's like the head yeah. of the snake. But, you know, I think it's easy for fans to jump down, you know, people's throats and, you know, and have an opinion on a player or a coach, um, you know, based on what they see, you know, th- through the camera, sitting on their couch at home, you know, but they don't understand what's going on in the background and all these conversations and all, you know, there's what's really going on in the locker room, but, uh, that's just the way it is, you know, but, yeah. uh, you know, there's, there's something to be said about quiet leadership and, and maintaining composure and, you yeah. know, yeah, calming the crew, um, as, as opposed to just letting it just go haywire. And then, you know, and then you have no real leadership at all. And, you know, everyone's kind of following that negative vi- vibration, if you will. So, um, yeah, it, it's, it's funny you say that because the, the people don't see when he gets past that tunnel, and he's not happy. Yeah, he's not Coming happy. His lips start shivering. And yeah, like, and his like, fucking <laughs> eyes are fucking trailing. But the, the people don't see that. So I get they don't understand it. But like you said, they want to show. Like, people love that. And I understand it. It is kind of fun sometimes to see a coach absolutely lose his mind. But Dave Haxtell went through the same thing. People are like, oh, right. it's too stoic. I'm like, what do you want him to f- start flipping out? Like, that's the way he is. It's, trust me, as soon as he gets underneath, yeah, he's yeah. not happy. Boiling. He's, Trust me, like, you know, we're around it. We, we've seen it. And, and, you know, I understand people don't get that or lucky enough to get that point of view like we have over the years. But uh, I remember a quick little G uh, story, Claude, uh, one night when Hack was still here, we uh, they challenged the goal. And we hadn't – the refs had been awful all night this particular game. And Hack calls everyone over and he goes, hey, no matter what, whatever happens goal or no goal let's stay positive and get after it you know and everybody's like okay yeah and then g jumps over the boys and goes if they don't call it's goal i'm gonna fucking lose it <laughs> and we all just start dying like you know he jumps over the boards because i'm gonna fucking lose it if this is not a goal <laughs> hacks laughing you know like oh yeah like you should take a picture of the hack like laughing on the bench but yeah anyway um you're right like people want to see that like you said it takes so much composure to stay composed and and it's it's mentally you know it's probably it's a skill hard. man it's a it, 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 it's, it it's a skill to stay that disciplined and composed and most, most people don't realize that uh, how much willpower it takes to just like sit there and and, and kind of just like process what's going on without overreacting because it's easy to overreact you know especially if you're getting shit kicked and there's calls you know you're working against the other team you're working against the refs you know, guys are making mistakes. You can, you could lose your mind literally every shift if you wanted yeah. to, you know what I mean? If you let it well, happen, but I'd find myself, I'm the pigeon equipment guy and I'm losing my mind. Like, yeah. You're like, ah, my towel, cause I want to <laughs> scream at the refs, you know? Like, 
Oh man. Yeah. So yeah, I, I learned a lot, you know, from, from those quiet leaders. I mean, it's like managing composure is probably one of the hardest things to do for most people in, or, you know, in, in, in a sport or not in a sport, it's, it's, it's the hardest thing to do. So it is. Something, something to be, to learn, be learned from, uh, you know, guys like that. And G2, it's like, it's like at the end of the day, you can talk all you want. I've seen all these vocal leaders, a vocal players too. And then they don't deliver. They don't back up what they're saying. You know what I mean? There's like, yeah. it's something you say about action. It's like, okay, well, if you're going to go out there and perform, be a high level performer consistently night in, night out, practice night, you know, day in, day out. Um, that, that's action. You know, you don't need to say anything, you know, right. But she was the same way, you know? So, yep. Um, you know, 100%. he went on the ice and put his heart out there and, and left it out there. So, um, lots of, lot, you know, lots to be, lots to be learned from these guys. It's just, uh, I don't think the public generally sees, uh, really the, the, the real true essence of what's going on, uh, right. behind the scenes. So, yeah. And you have to take that into account. Like sometimes like buddies or, you know, guys, people that come in, they're like saying, I'm like, well, you don't understand, but they don't get to see that side of it. They don't so, get to see it. I understand. You that, know, sure. you know, they're fans are passionate here. And, yeah. They want answers. That's, right? that's a great. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. For sure. So. All right. Nast. Well, I think it's about time we jump into our interview with Christopher Stieg. This episode was presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. For some, the NFL draft is the most exciting day of the season. For others, it is a chance to build on last year's success. Whether your team has the first pick or the last, DraftKings is bringing the excitement to you. DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, is adding to the thrill by offering a free opportunity to enter draft pool this Thursday with $50,000 up for grabs. That's a lot, Nast. That's a lot of money. DraftKings free-to-play pools are easy to play. Just download the DraftKings app, go to pools, and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen on draft night and track your results throughout the evening. DraftKings will be hosting a draft night-specific pool with questions ranging from who will be picked before whom, all the way to if you think a team will trade a pick in the first round. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code KNUCKLES to enter the free draft pool with $50,000 in prizes up for grabs. That's promo code KNUCKLES to get a free shot at $50,000 in total prizes. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Oh yeah, you get that play in because I know who the number one pick is going to be. Ooh. I think everyone does, but actually, yeah. I don't know. Maybe they don't. I don't know. Welcome back to another episode of Nasty Knuckles. I'm Riley Cote, and I'm Derek Suttlemeyer. And this week we have a special guest, Mr. Stegalicious, two-time Stanley Cup champion, Christopher Steeg. What's up, brother? Well, thanks for having me on. I figured you'd never have me on because I like to remind you about 2010 a lot, but nasty. <laughs> thanks for having me, man. And Riley, wow. thank you. Yeah, man. Appreciate yeah. you covering all the time. That that still stings, obviously, a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we got to meet up soon after, so it worked out. Yeah, that's true. That's true, man. What's going on, big boy? What are you up to these days? Currently, uh, 
just started a, an app with a good friend of mine who's a coach uh, and my brothers. Uh, it's a clip edit and share app basically for athletes and uh, coaches and parents. So it's exciting. I think the tech that we've designed is really revolutionary and in a lot of ways that uh, the, the, the athletes, players and coaches can interact. So it's exciting stuff. And then I'm also doing a little bit of broadcasting on the side. So between those two things at the moment, super busy, um, but overall just uh, exciting. And, and, you, and as Riley knows, retirement's hard. Sorry, buddy. Retirement's hard in the sense of trying to find a purpose and things to do. Um, so I've been pretty fortunate to hop into some stuff right away and uh, been keeping busy. That's great. Why don't you uh, talk a little about that app? Because uh, I was reading about it a little bit, and it sounds like uh, something that's um, very valuable for, like you said, for the athlete and the coach and and and, and the team systems. Yeah. So I, I I'll go into the detail in the sense that it like there's the A coach, the B coach, and the C coach, and we really see a high high value for the B coach, meaning and the C coach meaning the coaches that don't generally get the tech in order to help. Um, and we, we basically identified that uh, through a lot of uh, interviews and, and talking with and working with a lot of coaches in that B group category. And, and we definitely think that this can, and, and all, not only hockey, in, in all sport, really revolutionize um, how they interact with each other uh, and uh, between a, an athlete and a coach and a parent. So there's, it's, again, it's been hours and hours on end of research, hours of talking to people. You don't really realize in the startup space how much time goes into it. And, and that's just to get your idea. And then yeah, to right. get your idea, you have to build the tech that validates that idea. Uh, and then you got to start using the tech to validate your idea and you got to then also try to start to raise funds where we're currently at is we're in an investing round. Um, and now we're trying to raise funds to start to expedite the idea in the process. Uh, so it's been a learning experience for me, as you know, uh, Riley, especially we don't really get educated. Like I, I didn't grow up with an education uh, playing hockey. I didn't really, I never went to university or anything. So these last years, trying to educate myself and surround myself with people that can make this, this application really valuable for a lot of people. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Lots to learn eh, on the back end of sports, you know, oh, man. Out and finding something that you actually want to do and believe in. And, you know, yeah. it's not that easy. I see a lot of guys struggle. So props to you for kind of finding your lane and, and pursuing it. Right. I mean, taking action, I think is the biggest, the most challenging part probably. For sure. I'm going to yell at my kid. Don't worry. <laughs> Got it. Hey, stop it. Um, yeah, you're hundred percent right. It, it is really hard because we we've been so geared and designed to think one way for so long. Right. And now it's, now it's just really trying to fall in love with something new or something to find time. So that's also been uh, an interesting part in this is I've in the year process, especially the last seven months, the meetings and meeting new people and, part, and possible partnerships or investors um, you just realize everything that goes into it and, and also maybe how you could value another player who was in my situation. So I've talked about it with a friend of mine who's now retiring most likely from hockey. Like maybe if you want to job shadow me, you know, you can, you can come into a meeting and see what it's really like, or maybe that's something I start to 
get going on the further I get along is, you know, maybe helping players in the transition, they can come into meetings and see what it's like and maybe help transition them a little easier into this world than I had it and understand this, uh, what it's like, if this is something they want to do. Um, so also trying to parlay that into helping other athletes and not, it doesn't only have to be hockey, but after the game, uh, as, as Riley, I know you've got ventures and everything. It's, there's a lot that happens and a lot, the, a lot of people that you got to trust and things that got to be in place and, and stuff you got to know. Yeah. That's the truth. But uh, it seems like you got a pretty nice vision. And, um, and again, you you got some momentum behind you. And I think, um, you know, outside of the hockey space, you know, you're able to kind of use this creative force, right? That you never, I mean, yeah, you're creative on the ice, but like it's limited, right? (laughs) You know, between systems and stuff like that. But now you got this like open canvas of what you can, what you can do with it. So it sounds like uh, you're on the right path. Yeah, and I think to a little expand on that is, um, you can kind of maybe even talk about it more is when you're done hockey, you've, you've created so many relationships in the game yeah. and it's how you leverage those relationships, obviously in a positive way, but even to get meetings with people, maybe you, maybe someone else couldn't get meetings with, right. It's how to leverage that, that, that uh, what you had in the past in order to help your vision in the future. So it's, it, you really, you, what you've done throughout your playing career is great, but but what you can do um, with what you've done in your playing crew to leverage going forward in your business or in your, in what you need to do is it could be even greater. Right. So, I mean, that's, that's obviously positive thinking and, and big thinking, but I, I don't think players really understand everything that they've set up and I still haven't quite, but through their playing days. Yeah. Yeah. We, I mean, Riles, we, we've seen it obviously just like being fortunate enough to have you on Steger, and everyone we've had, you know, it's through the relationships that we built, you know, at the same time when we were uh, obviously in hockey. So that's pretty cool, man. Yeah. Man. Well, let's talk about your playing days and have a little fun with that. I know you're, uh, I didn't realize you're drafted by Boston, honestly, until I looked you up yesterday. We, uh, we're, I was like, <laughs> we were talking about this, Steger. Now, I, I didn't know that either. I, I don't know why I didn't know that, but. You didn't even get in a game with them, but you were lighting it up in, yeah, uh, the, in the minors, in the American in the League, in Providence. You were like, like what did you say something to the coach? Would you, You're a pretty witty guy. I don't know if, well, people that know you know that. You can be a little bit of a smart ass, which, I, which was my favorite thing about you, how dry you are. But uh, I'm kidding. But I, I was, we were looking at it, and I'm like, like, why didn't you even get a sniff in Boston? They traded you before you even played a game there. But Yeah, so I, I think Shirelli came in. He was after I was drafted. I was drafted by O'Connell. And then uh, when I started there, um, actually, I played, I went back to junior and I was playing defense, right? So I didn't even think, and I didn't really have a good, yeah, I didn't really have a good year and definitely troubled kid. Uh, I didn't really, you know, and uh, I didn't think I was going to get signed. And then I got called up to Providence at the end of the year. And then they put me back on forward and then kind of after they saw how I played on forward, they decided to sign me, but they signed me to like a bare minimum NHL deal. So the next year when they got me, I don't think they really knew what they had besides Scott Gordon, Scott Gordon kind of knew what he had, but no one else did. And for the first 10 games, I played fourth line and I didn't really do much, but in the game 11, um, Peter Tankrat, if you know the name, he got called up to the NHL and I got put on the first line in the A and I played with David Kredgesee. And from then on, I had 
I think I had like 40, 48 points and like, like, uh, might've been like 30 games. Like just, wow. he was an incredible player, man. He made the game yeah. so easy. And I was on this insane run. Like I hadn't had those points in the minor or in the juniors even. Right. But I really dedicated myself that summer. And then finally I get to the NA or AHL and I'm doing this well. And Sean Donovan gets hurt. And I think I'm going to be in the NHL now because Scott Gordon's like, Hey, maybe the night before he's like, Hey, maybe be ready. A couple guys got hurt. Glenn Murray, I think got hurt too. And then uh, we're on the bus to um, Manchester and he calls me up to the front of the bus and I'm like, Oh man, I'm going to the NHL. Like, like, <laughs> yeah. year, like not like six months ago, I was selling shirts at sport check. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. I was, I was working in hard goods and clothing at sport check. And now um, I'm going to the NHL. And so I get up there and he's like, you just got traded. And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, you just got traded. He's like, we needed to bring someone in. I'm so sorry, but we needed someone to help now. They were kind of ninth, ninth spot maybe. So then, yeah, they ended up trading me for Brandon Bochensky. And so I ended up going with the team to the game, watch the game and came back with them on the bus from Manchester. And then I went up to Norfolk after, but that's kind of the story how I didn't think I was, I never thought really I was going to play in the NHL at that point. I always had his vision as a kid when I got to like my teenagers and drafted and then playing defense, I was like, you know, it's not going to happen. And then within a little short stint of Scott Gordon, I really owe a lot to giving me an actual huge opportunity. I I mean, I still don't even think Boston really knew what they had because I didn't even know what I was, you know? So I went to Chicago and it started to, to blossom even a little bit more. And then I got another chance. So I got lucky too, like a lot of chances and opportunities along the way, but I think it was just, I was real, um, I, I was a real opportunist just taking advantage of um, times that I could, where some guys don't. Right. I think right. that's the biggest part. Yeah. No, that's interesting. Well, it worked out well for you. Yeah. The, the, the trade yeah. itself, but uh, I actually uh, worked with Scott Gordon uh, in Lehigh Valley flyers, minor league team there. And uh, he does have an eye for, 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 for talent, you know, for giving guys an opportunity, you know, and uh, Crazy. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting to hear you say that. Do you, um, do you know if he still runs that certain power play where the, does he ever talk about that power play he set up back in the day? You know, I, I don't know. I've been out of it for three years now, but uh, he was always, he was always, you know, changing things around and tweaking little things. I mean, I, I'm sure, I'm sure he brought some stuff from his old Providence days. Yes. Yeah, he had this weird power play where a guy in front of the net, net would shift back door. You know, it was like a rotational power play. Yeah. And the guy from the front would go rotate out back door and it would be on the half wall guy and the, the net or and the goal line guy. They go back and forth. And when that was going on, there was rotating going on. And for some reason, this play would screw up everyone and we'd get back door tap ins all the time. Like me and Craig, she would just pass it. So I didn't know if he was still doing oh, plays. It was kind of a, kind of a new, new power play. And I've never seen anyone really do it since, but yeah, I didn't know if he was still trying these cra- like crazy things, but they would work out. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember that one, but he definitely is, you know, in his office thinking about how he can kind of re- recreate the wheel or, you know, and try and find like just different, uh, the different plays. He's always just changing things around, but he was, he was good to work with. You know, I learned a lot from him. Um, and, uh, you know, he's a, he was a character too. Uh, I'm sure you have a, a couple Scott Gordon stories. I didn't, I didn't realize he was such an animated guy in the, in the locker room for oh, some yeah. of the stuff he's done, but he's, uh, he, he was good to work yeah, with. He let me know a few times. I remember 
Tyler Redenbach came down the ice and he was throwing sauce passes cross team. So one of my first games, I, I love Ragu as, as yeah, uh, yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> and, and I threw this like slow high sauce pass that got picked off and I came back to the bench and he let me have it, you know, and like flash. And I was just like, it's kind of been like something that's stuck with me ever since. I'm like, if, if I'm going to throw a sauce pass, it's got to be a foot or six inches to a foot and it's got to be a laser and it's yeah. got <laughs> like, yeah. more beef on it. <laughs> what'd, you, what'd you say to me yesterday, Steger? Everyone loves a, a t- would you say a tight, was it tight? Oh, I can't remember the word. Button tight, yeah, oh, button but, tight yeah. ragu. There's nothing yeah. better. Yeah. <laughs> I was telling him, Riggs, we were, we were doing those ice sessions, just getting some content. Um, we haven't put any of it out yet, but I did a sauce pass and I turned to the camera and I said, how's that ragu, Steger? Because <laughs> I know he loves the ragu. Yeah, there's nothing better. I mean, you saw Stasny throw it the other night. I actually like throwing a nice sauce pass to a goal even better than scoring. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. I'm sure yeah. Flash would love yeah. that. Hey, go no. <laughs> Oh, but that's great. He, so, he was great, though. Steger, I also was a little shocked at <clears throat> how many teams you've played for, counting junior. 16. Yeah. 16. It's been a lot. Like, it's, 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 it's wild. Everyone yeah, wanted you. Yeah, everyone wanted, wanted you for about a year, and then it it wore off, right? That's great. <laughs> I I think you you can play up and down the lines. I mean, you, you know, you can kind of be, be spotty. You can you know play consistently with third line, and you know, if guy goes down, you're you're value you're valuable. I think that's from we Nasty and I were talking about it before. I think you just like you you add you add, you add immediate value, and then you, I think you're okay with going back into a you know more of a, a role playing role, and and then. You know, in teams, obviously, when you win two Stanley Cups and, you know, you're doing something right. You know, it's it, it was uh, I don't think it was um, a knock on on you by any means. From what no, I've seen, no, I'm not. It's people that, you know, teams want people. Teams want you. I was actually sure. shocked. Like, I didn't really. I didn't realize it either. But I, you know, what? in the back of my head, Riggs, I did because obviously once we once I got to know him, I was always following him and, you know, he, the Kings, you know, I knew he went to Calgary because I was like, why wouldn't you sign with us? Try to sign with us. He's like, I'm going home, man. Like, you know, yeah. Calgary's <laughs> home. So I'm like, oh, yeah, man. right. Because I was hoping we were going to get him when he he was available. You know, he's a free agent there uh, a few years back. But well, like, anyway. like, there's a lot of reasons for it. Sometimes, obviously, uh, Florida, for sure, my welcome was thin. You know what I mean? Near the end, I had a lot of injuries. Um, and then you go to other places, injuries. Um, and then cap, I made too much money for what I was producing at the time. You know, I was just, I, I was paid too much and I wasn't, you know, pay, producing enough for what I was paid. There's, there's a lot of other various reasons, but the way I tried to pride myself was playing all three positions and playing one through four lines. I, I don't, don't see myself as playing as much on the fourth, but generally on the third, um, or a second line when I was in Florida, it was the top line and we ended up making the playoffs. So it was a great run. Um, but kind of after that is when I had about a string of five big surgeries in five years and, um, the body just couldn't hold up. Um, and that's not what I'm, I'm just attributing to the, the end of everything with, but, uh, again, you can't pay a guy, um, as much as they're paying me, um, to play as many games as I was, there's just, I understood it and it, it sucked. Um, but that's just how it was, but you're right. It was when you're playing in, uh, in Chicago and you have Kane Taze or you have Kane Hosa sharp, you know, and those are like the wings. It's like, yeah, 
you got to do other things in order to be in the lineup and, and you got to be able to play one through three lines, especially with Quenville, because he, he really likes versatile players, guys that don't just play one set position. He likes guys that he can move from wing to wing to center. It's a really hard thing to do because the game's going so fast, but he likes that versatility because he likes to keep one or he likes to keep his horses going and he doesn't care how I'm playing. If I'm playing good, he'll put me with the horse. The second I'm not playing good, I'm not playing with him anymore. So it kind of forces you to be versatile and forces you to play a way that maybe you don't want to play. But for myself, I would have, you know, literally thinking back, like I would have like died to win, you know, especially in my younger years. It's crazy to think like you think that way, but you did. Right. And you're like willing to do it. And that's how I truly felt. Yeah. I mean, I, it's, it's crazy to me, but like, well, you missed, you missed the one. You, you could have had three, but you were in Chicago for the for the one. But were you there with uh, Chemo? Yeah, that year, 2011, that was an unbelievable team. Oh, were you talking about 15, sorry? When yeah, I won. 15. Yeah. 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 I played with them in 11 and 15. 11 with Philly. And with us. 15. Yeah. 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 And watching well, him win it was unbelievable. Oh, my that God. That was awesome. We had him on a few weeks ago, and, and I, I – I told I was like that was one of my favorite ones to see a guy raise it because he had he had been through a lot and he's just a great guy too which you know but when you were here in Philly man you played hurt a lot of you know you guys never say that but you were hurt I remember you had surgery that's you, you yeah. stuck around my liver was bothering me for a while yeah. you stayed around in the summer no <laughs> and we were in anyway, the spring and we were we were out every freaking night and uh, I almost had to do something on my liver but anyway. Um, yeah, that was cool. You got to see that with chemo. He's a great guy. And plus you played with him here too. I, I wasn't even thinking about that. Who, who was the surgeon? He did a lot. Of, he's from Philly, right? The one who did my, my hernias. Yeah. He, uh, Andrews. Or, I think that, that does sound, that does sound right. Isn't it? Yeah. Cause I remember Dr. I, maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Right. When I got to you guys, I had two hernias and then, uh, I remember the one side was bad and then we got to you guys and I played my first game in Tampa and second game in Florida. And I just remember my second side, I felt it rip. And then uh, um, they were kind of testing me on the bed. And then I was kind of like, are they going to try to ax this trade? Cause like <laughs> they traded for a guy with like yeah. two hernias, you know? Um, but I, I remember that. And, and, I think it was Andrews, but I remember a lot of guys went down there to do the hernia surgery with Philly. Yeah, they did. A lot of guys, a lot of other sports too. Uh, a yeah. lot of guys been coming in, but uh, Steger, I was telling Riles. So the first day you came, you played in Tampa. I remember you showing up and you, you know, you, you said, you know, I was, I greeted you in the hallway there and got all your stuff. And you're like, yeah, Eags and uh, Sharpie and the boys told me to, uh, you know, find you or whatever. And, so, yeah, so we go through the day, guys come back for the game. Steger, I've never seen a guy switch gloves more than him. <laughs> and, I mean, I'm just like, this is when guys started doing it. Like, but he was off the, like, it was crazy. So, this is, there, there's two little quick stories about his gloves. But the first one was, was my favorite because I barely know him. He just got here. The, the anthem's going on, and it ends. And he turns – and he's trying to get my attention, but he's not talking very loud. He's like saying something. And I'm like, are you, are you trying to, are you talking to me? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, what are you saying? He's like, uh, dirty. I'm like, nasty. He's <laughs> calling me the wrong thing. Couldn't remember my fucking name. 
He's calling me dirty. He was, he, close. Goes, he was like, uh, he was going dirty, dirty, dirty. Like without totally, cause he, I think he knew it wasn't right, but he didn't know what it was. And I was crying the whole first period. I'm like, but he, and then we we're playing in the playoffs in Boston that year. Uh, and the anthem's going on. And I would always bust his chops about his gloves. Cause he changes gloves like all the time, the whole period. And the anthem's going on and he looks at me and he's like, I'm like, no way. You haven't even, the game hasn't even started. He changes his gloves during the anthem. Or right, the palms are sweating in the anthem. <laughs> I said, oh. this beats everything, anything I've ever fucking seen, man. I was dying, man. Well, every time we come back, you'd always be hanging uh, gloves over the boards at me and warm up <laughs> yeah. and everything. It, it's, yeah. it's crazy. Everyone does it now, though, eh? I, yeah, it was like, that was kind of the beginning where, like, guy it's it's crazy now like guys have like three four sets of gloves um they, they're just changing you know like constantly during the game i mean you you did sweat but it was just funny like you had me put going on the ice the, the gloves just came off the dryer and he's like looking at me like should i ask i'm like you're kidding he's like no i need them yeah I'm like, holy fuck what i remember it? so i remember even in toronto i don't think no one really did it in toronto yet and i was there and pappy i remember i did it and he was like this kid's out of his mind, (laughs) you know, he's like, this guy's an idiot. Um, The, the way that kind of started though, is our whole team in Chicago did it in like, in 2008, Kane was always having two pairs of gloves on the bench. And I was like, man, I wish I could have two pairs. So we asked. And then finally when Clint uh, rest in peace, yeah. Uh, we, I was, I was like, Hey man, can you have a pair of gloves in the back for me? I'm too scared to ask Parchy for a second pair. <laughs> so, um, that's kind of how it started with me. But as that time was going on, Sharp had an extra pair. He had two, uh, Hosa would have a couple extra pairs. Brian Campbell, I think had fought four pairs, three or four, at oh, least really? four at, at that time. Yeah. And so, I mean, Parchy and, and Clint was going back and forth, back and forth. So finally, they're like, I'm not going back and forth. So that's why all the extra pairs got brought out. So when I came to Toronto, no one did it. And I was like, we kind of been doing this for like two years, right? Yeah. And then I got to you and, and really only Richards was doing it. Am I yeah, correct? Mike, that's right. Yeah, totally right. That's right. And I was like, I was like, oh boy, this is going to be bad. Because I I know Pappy hated it. Like he hated it. <laughs> and, I, and But uh, Hastings would do it for me usually too. And I felt bad about it, but I'm like, man, like it just kind of designs you. And then when I did it before the anthem, I'm like, and I could see your face. You're like, Are you fucking kidding me right now? <laughs> he's even, he's even, he even take a lap yet. Like, yeah, you know, it was, like, it was a tough on. national anthem. What do you mean? Yeah, he was, he was ready. He was sweating. That was Buffalo though, right? Or was that was Boston? It Buff- Boston maybe. Yeah, it was Boston. Cause we, yeah, you're right. It was Boston. It was Boston. That um, team is so good, man, though. Yeah, that was a good team, man. We talked about that before. Uh, I don't remember who was on. It was Beast because Prongs got hurt. If he hadn't no. got hurt. I mean, I, you never know. You always say what if, but <clears throat> you're right. It was a good team. It was a really good team. I posted that thing today where we scared you. Oh, you did? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the old stick bag? It, it was the, yeah, he hadn't been there long. I guess he'd been there about a week. So I was like, I gotta get this. Little. Oh, I yeah. was like, Not oh, Ottawa or Tampa? Uh, we were in Ottawa. We were in Ottawa. Yeah, that, that when we got you, but it's funny that I turn the camera and you see Jeff Carter, Powsy Poo, Daryl Powell. Oh yeah, and uh, Jaredev Carbomb. I'm just like God, I was looking at it today. I've seen that thing a hundred times, but I was like, geez, what a team! That was actually a really good team, man. Oh yeah, Jaredev was my roommate. Oh boy, how was yeah. that? 
you had you had to have a roommate then? Was the rule not there? You after no, so many games? Or it was whatever? before the. It was the year after was the lockout. About a, two, a year and a half later. Oh, okay. Yeah. You're um, right. Yeah. Yeah. I remember he smoked though. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Turn the fan on and cigarettes. Cigarettes. Yeah. He <laughs> turned the fan on in the the bathroom and have a cigarette. Well, you know what else, uh, Steger? I meant to say about our nights in the spring uh, was Johnny, our driver, our oh. buddy, good man. Um, see him every once in a while, not very often, but I saw him about two months ago. I think, I think it was about two months ago, but he ended up taking over. He's, he started taking care of Jared. Ab. Is that how you met him? Actually? Maybe that's so, how you met him. So This is how I met him. He Jared Ab didn't want to drive and Bobrovsky didn't want to drive. So they hired John to drive him around. Yeah. And John ended up after that, I needed to keep going to the hospital to get checked up in at the rink. And I didn't have a vehicle at that point. Cause I sent it home. I think my girlfriend took it. She was my girlfriend at the time wife. Now she yeah. took it home and he started driving me around and I got really close with him. And then he got sick. I believe yeah, I he had a stroke. Poor he guy. had a stroke. Yeah, man. And so I was like, uh, Oh boy. Um, that that's not good, but I haven't talked to him in a few years, but that guy, man, I remember one night I got home and it was like, we got home, sorry, at like three, maybe three. Yeah. And, uh, I, I come outside and I'm like, okay, I got to get something to eat. So me and Brody, my friend who was staying with me, we go get something to eat. We come back, it's 8am and Johnny's sitting there in the parking lot with Bobrovsky and Jiradev, you're just sitting there. <laughs> and I'm like, what have you, what are you guys doing? They're like, Oh, we're just hanging out. I'm like, have you guys gone to bed yet? They're like, no, we've just been sitting here the last like four hours. I'm like, so John is sleeping now. Cause that's yeah. how, that's, yeah. what that's what he did. Yeah. He just drove. So, I mean, amazing guy. <laughs> I, I, I always worry about him since he had a stroke. Yeah. Um, salt. And I think his daughter ended up driving for a little bit from what I heard, but I had yeah. a few years, but man, Johnny, he is the funniest guy. He was awesome, man. Oh. I don't know if you ever got to meet him, Riles. I've he, heard he, stories. So yeah, he's. Him. I got a couple good ones that we'll, we won't say today because uh, it's family friendly. <laughs> <laughs> but I got some, and you know how he'd get all wound up, Seeger. In his voice. Uh, oh, my God. Little, he's, little, he's Greek, right? You yeah, can't Greek understand. guy. He can't understand. He's talking so fast. And, oh, my God. Don't do that in here. And Oh boy. <laughs> this man saw more stuff. He saw more shit going on than, it, than a lot of people did. Was but. that was that the same driver as uh, Kyle Calder? Same was that same driver that have him ripping around all the time? No, I don't think so. No, he okay, wasn't, he wasn't around. Crazy yeah. stories, uh, oh Greece, there's another one. He was a beauty. Oh boy. I, I don't know oh, who he God. drove before. I just knew he I just knew he started with Jaredev, but I know when Jaredev left, he left all his stuff. Hey, he everything. Everything. And, and so Johnny got it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He so, put it, he put it in another storage unit or something. And he kept asking me, what do I do? I'm like, dude, he's not coming back. <laughs> like sell it or something because he's not coming back. You're paying money to store his stuff. Yeah, I don't he, know. What, he, left, I don't know what uh, he left shoes, like expensive shoes. He left yep. belts. He said he left couches and oh, yeah. so Johnny put it in and uh, we're all, he's always asking. He said, Jared, I was always like, I'm going to come back and get it. And I don't think he ever came back to get any of it. It was he like never, a full house worth of stuff. Wow. Oh yeah. Yeah, he did. Cause his, his daughter wanted the shoes. Cause the wife had like 50 pair of shoes, like brand new in boxes, yeah, like expensive, wow. expensive shoes, man. <laughs> but Johnny was so afraid. I, he might come back. I, you know, I'm like, 
he ain't coming back, bro. Like, this guy's not coming back. Oh, it, but, it was a lot, but that was, yeah. Well, make sure you say that the last yeah, if I, I see him, him. I used to bring him to all the games in uh, Philly yeah. when I played. Yeah, he, yep. Sure in did, 2018, yeah. I played my last, one of my last ever games I actually played in Philly. And, and I remember calling him, and I think his daughter came to the game. I don't believe okay. he did, but because oh, okay. I think he was, he was struggling. But yeah, uh, it's, man, what a guy. Good dude, man. Really good dude. Um, Steer, I got to say, I hate to admit this to you, but I was so impressed with the Battle of the Blades. Watching you skate. Dude, that's impressive, man. Like, I don't understand how you – that's crazy. Just the skating, obviously you can skate. It's different kind of skates, obviously. Was that hard, like, getting into figure skates? Not with with my hips, though. Are you kidding me? Like, these these bigger skaters – These hips don't lie, baby. Hips are not figure skating. Yeah, it was like – I felt so bad for uh, my partner too, because all the other guys are like really big, strong guys. And she got this, like at, when I played, I was like 175, 180 pounds. I'm like 160 now. You know what I mean? I was <laughs> so like, I'm, I'm more yeah. jacked. <laughs> I'm yeah. like way more than that. <laughs> and I thought, I'm like, is she going to pick me up? You know? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so, um, but man, they're such like their edge work is out of this world. Crazy. That's number one. The, the, the part that I struggled with was the toe picks. Um, and a lot of like the next day, the, my hip soreness and body soreness, I was like, wow, like I'm pretty sore right now. I, I think I was just more so nervous of falling on national TV. Like, that. oh man, before the imagine. first, the first skate, they were like, I remember like an hour before I'm like, I actually feel pretty good. You know, I'm like, I'm ready to go half hour before I'm like, I don't know if I'm ready to go. And then like, <laughs> They, they, when you're sitting there, you're on set, they're doing a countdown. So it's like 10, nine. And I'm like, Oh man. Oh, and, and I like literally before the first skate, I like my heart went to like 190, and I was like, I'm going to black out here. Yeah. <laughs> I remember, I vaguely remember going through, through the first part and she's like, you got to calm down. You know, you oh, got to, she's on down. you. She's oh, telling you. And then I'm like, and right after that, you got to do a lift, right? You got to like literally pick them up. So the first skate I was like, terrified during it before i thought i was fine but as you started to go on you got used to it but it is it is definitely nerve-wracking because you don't want to you don't want to drop a human you actually have that fear you're you know what i mean it's crazy yeah you might think the guys look composed doing it but you're you're actually like you're really kind of you're shaking below like yeah when i look on tv i'm like oh you don't look like you're shaking but you're shaking you're like (laughs) it's it's hard to imagine yeah, no, I, it was, I, I couldn't believe, like you look, you did a, I mean, you did a really good job, man. It's crazy. I'm, I'm sure. It, the, did you have a lot of like less, I don't want to say lessons, I guess lessons like to do all that stuff or. So normally what they do is they try to prep you during the summer months, they give you the skates and they try to let you get out there, but everything was closed down here. Oh, so yeah. I got on the skates. Like I went to my kids hockey, I'm coaching them. And I put the skates on twice at my kids hockey just to kind of stand around. So that's kind of all the prep we had. And then we had one week, it was a one week training camp. And then the next week was our first show basically, or or sorry, two two weeks later was our first show. So that was a training camp. The next week you had to start to learn a program. And then week three was your first show. So you really only had, uh, what have been two and a half till your first show, but it was, I mean, the first week was like, you're doing lifting lessons every day, like gymnastics. So you're yeah. standing outside doing like all the throws and holds. And then 
I mean, I've never done any of that. Right. So, right. And then you're dealing with body soreness and, and all that. So it was the first month was a grind and I'm not kidding you. It was a grind, but at the end of the end of the day, it was a great experience. And I, I met a lot of great people and um, yeah, a lot of really, the, these athletes are crazy, man. Like their, their skating is insane. I loved uh, one of your posts. You had, I don't know what the theme was, maybe cowboy, but you had these, those tight spandex jeans on and oh, like figures like check out the hammies or something. Your hamstrings. <laughs> yes. You see his hamstrings. I'm like, it looks like it's going to pop. Be very careful, man. Oh, my, 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 I can tell I'm done hockey now because my wife asked where my glutes went. <laughs> You got the old chameleon ass. Yeah. Yeah. My pants just fall off now. You know what John, I mean? John Drew said to me one time, uh, my first years with the Flyers, he says, uh, holy, holy, holy fuck, do you worked your ass completely off? <laughs> I was like, hey, man, fuck you. Uh, yeah. I, I remember when she said that, I was like, oh, boy. You better start doing you get back squats. The, uh, the squat yeah. Rack. Some squats. Yeah, so oh, that's I, awesome. I, I that, but seriously, that that that's amazing, man. Because that that looks. I couldn't even imagine trying to skate, picking no. someone up, and all that stuff. I mean, it's special athletes, like you said, for sure. Yeah, and it's. I, I think more than the lifts, though. Like the lifts, they're 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 not near as impressive about what they're doing, like for their edge work. Edge work, yeah. Man, they're like doing crazy stuff, like crazy. Like even with my kids now. Um, obviously there's a power element you got to add to hockey, but early on, if you can teach them a lot of the edge control that these ice dancers and them go on, I, I'm sure it'd be, you can see why it's extremely beneficial for the new player now, right? Right. right these young players that do a lot of this stuff from a young age, and then they start to incorporate power and do it a little later on. Like I never had a, that's the other thing I've, I couldn't afford it. Right. Like I've never had a skating lesson in my life, like a true, like broke down skating lesson, right. never had skills coaches. So understanding what these kids are dealing with now and and uh, what we know and what we can give them is is ideal and that's yeah. actually bringing it back to the app is hopefully that can reach kids like me back in the day that didn't have that opportunity to get that right so right um but yeah that it's crazy the uh the ability they have now yeah it is didn't uh didn't skinner grow up uh figure skating yeah. and yeah, you like can they- see it in the way he like the way he shifts and, and they all do like that, that heel to heel now. And yeah. And, all and like my hips would rip out of my body. Oh like he'd be still laying on the ice. Yeah. <laughs> Is that from the edge work? It really taxes the hips. Yeah. The edges, eh? yeah. Oh man. Like after the edge work stuff, I was like, I thought I was going to be fine. And the next day I was like, what is wrong with my, hip? <laughs> you know what I mean? And then I go again the next day. I'm like, I don't think I'm moving. Um, it, it taxes your body a lot. Yeah. Imagine. Oh man! Thank Dude. God that was you and not me, man. I would have made a debacle. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sign you up for next. <laughs> oh year. please, man! <laughs> that would be great. I have seen a few guys that I fought back in the day that did it. So I mean, maybe I have a chance. Really? Oh, yeah, I think like George guys. The Rock, Colton Orr. Uh, oh shit! There's I didn't a bunch know of that. guys. Yeah. Oh, there's uh, last year Colton Orr, Brian McGratton. Oh, grats! Yeah. Um, Big Earn. Yeah, and I mean these these guys, man. Like they just throw. Like they just. You know, yeah, right. no big deal. No big deal. They just throw them up, right? And it, for me, it's like <laughs> yeah. they they thought he was the equipment guy coming in. Yeah, right. yeah. He's, I'm here to sharpen skates. Oh no, I'm actually skating. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Hey, Steger. So I didn't know this. So did you get to play with your brother your last year? 
Yeah, that was kind of the idea of my last season. I was trying to, you know, come back and help the Hawks farm system. And then if anything went good there, try to play in the NHL, but just couldn't deal with, you know, the ups and downs again at a game. So I was like, okay, if I'm going to retire, I want to play for Canada at the Spengler Cup and I want to retire with my brother. So I went and played a couple games with my brother in Slovakia. I actually got hurt, kind of got slew footed and landed on my elbow. So that, so right before the tournament, I was a little hesitant, maybe didn't know if I could go to the tournament, but I ended up working out. Yeah. Played for Canada at the tournament and uh, in the gold medal game in the third period, we were up like three, nothing or right before I scored, actually, uh, I blocked a shot and broke my foot. Come on. So, um, so yeah, so I was out for like two and a half months and I, I literally didn't do anything for two and a half months. Uh, and then I was like, I want to go play with my brother to finish it off. So I flew to Slovakia. This is during right before COVID like, and during this time they were like shutting down Italy. Right. I'm like, yeah. uh, are you sure I should be flying over here? And they're like, yeah, the season's still going. So I literally flew from on my couch for two months, two and a half months out of off the couch into my skates, played one game with my brother, uh, to basically play my last ever game. And then right then the league, like my foot still was in a ton of pain. Um, but then the, the whole league got shut down and I got sent home. So I, it ended oh, okay. up working out in the sense that I got to play my last ever game with my brother. And we actually had, that's cool. Yeah. We that's both really had a couple cool. points that game. Oh, I, nice. You know, so it was nice to like get on the score sheet with them. And, and like, we grew up, you know, playing every day on the street together. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he's, he's like, he's a big, he's a tough guy, right? Like he's yeah. like two, he could fight hitter. Um, and that's how he played against me on the street, but it was just, it was nice to see that it all kind of came full circle at the end and it kind of worked out in a weird way. Um, yeah. cause yeah, I don't know if I could have finished playoffs, but, uh, yeah, he, it, it was a great experience. I remember the picture and I'm like, that's, that's really cool, man. Uh, I, another guy you played with Max Talbot. Oh, what was, what was that? Like what a beauty. <laughs> Oh he's, my God. He's one of my, I only got to play with him for a short while. Cause actually when I was in Russia, um, I got sick when I first got there and then I got shingles. Um, but I, I got to hang out with him like every day. And he is one of the funniest guys oh my God, and one is. of the best teammates I've, I've played with. And again, I was only there for about a six week period, but like he's, he's now a friend that I could just text and see how he's doing. And yeah you know, check in and, and see how his family's doing. And, and I always said, I'm coming out there to hang out with him. He's got, a, I think he's got a tennis court he built at his house. And okay, I said, I'm coming up to, to Montreal one time to meet up, but man, he's unbelievable guy. He had an incredible career and he's got a lot going on too right now, currently, you know? So yeah, he's, he's been, I think he's going to join us uh, in the next week or two, actually. Yeah. So yeah. I've been no, talking he, to him, man. He's funny. He's just, uh, we, we sat next to each other, right? Yeah. Well, you said, you probably don't remember the video you sent me. You two, I had sent you guys a video saying something about, look at these two bookends, you know, and then so, send me, these two send me a video and Steve was like, oh, no, it's a video. Max is like leaning in to smile and he goes, no, it's a video. He goes, oh, fuck you, nasty. <laughs> <laughs> I started. Oh, that's laughing. great. I saved it. It was on Snapchat. I, was like, <laughs> I had to save it. It was too good. Those two sitting beside each other. I'm like, two yeah, of the oh, funniest yeah. guys I ever, you know, two of the funniest what? guys that I was ever able to work with. And, and you guys were together. I thought it was great. Yeah. And he, he was there, man. Like, la- like I had shingles, eh? Like, I don't know if you've had shingles. Knock wood. No, I like, it was on no. my back and they thought it was a rash at the start. 
and and he was like seeing me in pain, like you know, <laughs> just to see. He's probably like, look at this idiot. Like, he flies <laughs> over here. He's got shingles. Like, um, it it was horrible feeling. I remember I was like, we we're driving in the Moscow. If you've ever been in Moscow, there's a lot of like the traffic's crazy, right? It's insane. I've been there, yeah. And to get to the airport is like two and a half hours from the rink, two and a half, three hours almost. And I remember sitting in the bus, like I was like, I'm going down. Like I'm going down. <laughs> And then we flew to play St. Petersburg the next day. And I was like, I can't play. And I was like laying in the room and Max is like, what is going on with you? I'm like, man, I'm dying. <laughs> like, Eagles, man. Yeah. But then soon after that, I ended up just heading home. But so I, I headed home soon after that. But yeah, it was, man, he was a great guy. He's awesome. And you were fortunate enough to play with the up dog oh, as well. Uh, yeah. We all know Wappy. What a treat. Yeah. Uh, and that's the it's- thing. <laughs> He's oh, and 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 uh, the thing with him is it, it ended up going pretty well at the end for him. He he got to play yep. for Canada. I played with him. Yep. You know, we played two and a half years in Florida. What a character! Um, one of the funniest guys again I've played with. Um, yeah. Really, really says what he wants. You know. Yeah. And, and he and he's entertaining. Obviously, with everything he's got going on now. Yep. Um, but yep. I was just so happy. Me and him and our. You know, he had his. Uh, girlfriend, I believe she was pregnant at the at the Spangler Cup. Oh, okay. So he told, I remember he told me right before the Spangler Cup, but we ended up winning together. Yeah, we, yep. we won the gold together, awesome. and I remember we went out and partied that night with everyone. It was man, it was so much fun. We had the we had the cup in the this random underground club in um, Switzerland, <laughs> making them play EDM, jumping them up, jumping up all night, holding this Spangler Cup trophy that's made of wood. I'm like, this thing's gonna break in half, <laughs> but it was. Um, it was a fun night and a fun way to cap off both our careers. Yeah. That's awesome. Nothing, nothing really bothered that guy. Nothing. That's for sure. Yeah, right? No bad days. Like, no, no, no bad is, days. It's, right. such, it's exactly right. No bad days for that man. But yeah, we, yeah. We, I remember when you guys were in, I think you were, you were in Florida at the time, but we, we went downtown to eat. It was early and up. He's like, Oh, let's meet up a little later. I'm like, okay, cool. Come to his, his place. He had that place up top in that uh, yeah, apartment no, building, whatever it was called. And but we're we're going in to eat, and here comes Uppy down the street on his that motorized. It's a skateboard or something. I don't know if it was a skateboard or a scooter or what. But it's like a Vespa. He's got no shirt off. Yeah. Chris Los Olas, right down the boulevard or whatever it's yeah, called. He lived right on Los Olas. Like yeah. Right condo and yeah he had he had a great spot there and well yeah, was puppy sick. was built for florida right yeah right no exactly. Shirt. <laughs> yeah exactly no shirt just yeah. cruising around just cruising yeah doing what he likes coming to the rink you know and you know the other guy who was built for florida um was jose theodore oh yeah um, anyone played with him same thing he rode his harley to the rink you know oh, fuck. He has like the two sleeve tattoos. Oh, okay. And flowing hair. <laughs> flowing and, hair. Like, <laughs> and I was just like, this guy, man. He was, <laughs> was on? such a cool guy, though. Um, but him and Uppy were made for that for that organization. Yeah. Well, I was yeah. fight. Yeah, it was uh it was funny seeing him. Like you're right, though. That's that he's in Newport now, so it's like yeah, same deal. He's right? on the water. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. Like, he's golfing. <clears throat> no bad days, barefoot golfing. Wherever the hell he's playing, he's, he probably gets on everywhere he wants. He's playing at, I think he's playing at Michael Jordan's course, I heard, or something. Oh, Maybe he was on one of his, one of his uh, podcasts or something. But, 
he was talking about playing at Michael Jordan's course the one day and he's just up. He's up. He's up. He man. He's living. Yeah. Yep. yeah he's living. That's, that's, that's right. right, man. Good for him. Yeah. Hey, Stiggs, I was going to say you're a little bit of a showman, you know, with the, the battle of the blades, but it sounds like you have like a reputation within the NHL um, for your singing in public. Yeah. Well, used to, it, used it took, to. Oh, you're not doing it anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it took a lot of liquid courage for like a reason to do it. Um, uh, right. Yeah, that piece used to be just to piss off my friends and family, right? You'd sing in the car and or if you're if you're at a party, I remember I did it for Danny Briere too. Um the year end party I sang for him. Uh he was like, Who is this guy? You know, but it was more just to get a reaction from people. Yeah. And then when we it kind of started too when it started to go viral was in Chicago and Adam Burrish made me sing. There, you know, Sarah Spain, she works for ESPN. She used to come into our room and she wouldn't ask like regular hockey questions. She'd kind of just ask like fun stuff. It was actually really fun interviews. And then Bursch had me sing and then the video went viral. And then we won the cup a year and a half later. And then everyone wanted me to sing at the rally. And then it kind of kept just moving on and on. Um, I even remember one night I was, we were at a club with Jake Cutler and me and Jake Cutler were singing karaoke at a, like a nightclub, you know? Come on. And, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Kinda, I, I just, I sang a lot of karaoke and, I, I, re, I mean, if anyone gets married, I'll sing, I'll still sing at their wedding today. You know, um, I, I moved from like rap into like, I do a lot of prints, you know, purple rain now. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. your song. Yeah. It's purple rain. I'll, you know? I'll play, I'll play, I'll play guitar and you sing. That's yeah. Uh, so um, I've moved from the rap to that, but yeah, it's, it's always just, it was always to get reactions of people, whether they liked it or not, and just uh, read the room. And then a couple of times again, through the cup championships, it, it they went viral just to kind of put on a show for the guys a bit. That's oh, awesome, man. Yeah, it's awesome. That's so good. You probably got a lot of weird looks too, hey? When you make people feel a little bit uncomfortable almost. Oh, yeah. right? That's <laughs> almost kind of why you weird. do it, right? Yeah, yeah it's right. like, yeah. I remember walking through Chicago after we won and people are like, do you think you can sing? Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, right. I'd be on the street and they'd be like, hey, maybe just stick to hockey. And I'm like, well, yeah. Like, of course. I'm not going to be <laughs> a singer, but, <laughs> so that's a little fun. Like, yeah, but I was kind of doing it to get those reactions, and it, it, it was fun, though. It was great. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm yeah. sure you've seen some some funny reactions. I was going to ask you, too. Um, you landed up in L.A. and uh, played for Sutter. And oh, yeah. You got to have a Sutter story or two. Oh, he was well, – so I played for Brent when he – Brent put me oh. on defense, right? In, so in you had him in Red Deer. Yeah, and I actually bought the Sutter's Hockey School from them. Me and Devin Setaguchi, uh, we're good friends with Rich and Ron. We're closer with Rich and yeah. Ron. Yeah. Okay. And so we bought their school, the Sutter Ice School, in 2010. And so I've known the Sutter's forever. I played with Brent. And uh, to, so I'd never played for Daryl. But when I went to play for Daryl, uh, the biggest thing I remember is the meeting with Lombard. Was it Lombardi? What did I tell you, Rob? Yeah, right. Yeah, tell, we tell, tell you yeah. About this. dude. So he's like, I have like I have this ta- I have tattoos right here, right? So I walk in, he's like sitting like this. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and he's he he got his like was he facing you or, or looking out the window? He was looking at so he's got this board and it has a number of like all the guys who've won three cups and then all the guys who've won two cups. So all the Hawks had three cups, and then all the LA guys had two cups, and he's like, I want to be up there with those hawk guys, right? But he's like looking at the board and I'm like sitting over here, right? He's not looking at you, right? He's not looking at me. No. Shinner so, told me the same thing. Anyway. He, he's scrolling this book and I look at the book and it's the stats book. It's those big, thick NHL stats books. 
and he's looking and he, and he stops on me. He goes, why have you played for so many teams? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm a massive underachiever. And he's like, okay. And I'm like, what the fuck's going on? You know? <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden, and then all of a sudden he kind of looks at me. He's like, what's this dirt on your arm? And I'm like, dirt. I don't know. He's like, I'm like, dirty's like tattoos. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. You know, I got like, you know, my kid's name and I got a motorbike here. He goes, you ride motorbikes? I'm like, no. <laughs> he's, like, <laughs> he's like, he's like, so you're a poser. I'm like, that's what's posing. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and I'm like, well, my dad has a motorbike, you know? <laughs> and then, uh, so that's kind of how it, how it was. Um, just like the whole meeting was like that for like 15 minutes, man, 20 minutes. And I was like, I came out of there. I was like, what just happened? Like, <laughs> <laughs> just grilling you. But it, it, he ended up calling me. I forgot what he called me. He wanted me to play greasy. And he liked when I played greasy the most. So he, he, he called me grease. So every time I walked around, he's like, Hey grease. And then he, he kept saying, he's like, you're, you play like Justin Williams, but you're just not as consistent as Justin Williams. You need to be greasy. Like Justin Williams I was like, okay. And then, uh, so that I was like, that's fine. But yeah. anyway, that was kind of the, how it talked, but it was, it ended up being like, I have this story forever, man. Just uh, like, it was funny. And, you know, it was something like, I wasn't, I didn't come out of there like, oh, he hates me or anything. It was yeah. just more like the mind fuck. Is he yeah. okay? Is he all right? <laughs> that's what I was, I want to be like, are you okay? But it was, it was funny. It was super funny. And thinking back to it too, just this yeah. whole situation, but from Carolina it's like 10 in the morning you know I'm just getting off of like out of bed like what yeah. but it was yeah. fun I, yeah. I've heard some like insider like, talks on on those types of conversations like especially like combines and stuff like that where they have like the you know the head of scouting and everything they have these questions like teed up like just to just to fuck with the kid you know what I mean and it's like yeah. they, they, you know they almost have fun it's almost like a joke for them to do that and and see what well, kind of response can... they're getting out of it you can easily see how they set that up. Yeah. Especially yeah. for the young kids to see how they handle it. Like, yeah. <laughs> for sure. It's like, Oh, I got dirt on my arm. What? Yeah. <laughs> Braden, Braden Shen was telling me when he, he was there, you know, he was night, like, I think he made a team and when he was 19, maybe, or maybe he was yeah. 20, but uh, he gets, he says, I get called up to Dino's office. And he said, he never looked at him once. He had his feet up, looking out the window, talking to Shenner and Shenner's like, what's what's he doing like is he gonna turn around and like look at me not one time did he look at shinner he's just giving him shit the whole time and then he yeah. goes get the fuck out <laughs> shinner goes all right <laughs> he gets him walks out well that was basically it and i played nine years in the league at that yeah, yeah, yeah exactly yeah, right? you had you had been playing and it's not like you're new but yeah and he did so he didn't care what you got to respect um yeah but yeah he 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 was facing with his feet on the desk facing the window but like looking at again I'm pretty board. sure you're looking at the board with all the cops on it. <laughs> oh, that's funny, man. And I was, we were talking about Daryl because I've heard so many good stories from Brian, oh. Bouch- Brian Boucher and, and uh, Craig Baruby chief is like, he would, he's like, we would just be getting into the room. It's like four o'clock, you know, for a seven o'clock game. And this is way back when he goes, we had the radio, we would turn the music on. He goes, we'd have the music blasting guys, like just sitting down, like sipping on their coffee. And you look up cause you can't hear cause the music's loud. Daryl's leaned over, ties all fucked up, and he's yeah. spitting. You better be ready. He's telling Chief's like it's four o'clock. He's like he's just Chief just started laughing, but he's like 
<laughs> better boys better be ready. What? And he says, we'd be talking. We're oh, in a man. stick room, like working on our sticks back then, you know, chief and those guys were heating the blades up, you know, like, oh, yeah. so he's like, we're in there. We, somebody would say something. We start laughing. You turn someone, grab your arm. The fuck's so funny. We got a game. We got a game here in two hours. It's like, holy shit. He's scary. <laughs> Just sneak up on guys. Oh man. It was like, it was, that's the one thing I found was like crazy was, um, before a game, you know how like a coach comes in at the six minute mark yeah. and they leave. Sutsi just stays in there and he makes, and then the assistants would stay in there. And so this is a pretty funny story. Carter could maybe tell it too. So, um, there was Payne. What's it, Davis Payne? Yeah. Uh, the assistant uh, coach, I know you're talking about, Payne. I can't remember his first name. name. Yeah. Painter. But, um, so they would all just stand in there like this, you know? And I'm like, <laughs> and I was like, and this is like, they stood in there from like the six minute mark till you walk out onto the ring. And everywhere I went, the coach would come in, they leave, and then you go yeah, out, right? right? They're only in there for like 30 seconds. And, and I was thinking, I'm like, are they ever going to get out of here? You know? So the one game, we're in Vancouver, and Painter comes over to me and he's like, are you ready to go, Steer? You know, because they walk around and they go around to everyone for yeah. the last six minutes. They're trying to go to everyone to get you ready. I'm like, yeah, I'm ready to go, yeah. you know? And then I'm like, yeah, I'm ready. You know, I turn around and I always put my jersey facing outward, but he wanted me to face like the logo to face out or outward or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, I go to grab the jersey. I put it on and my number's on the front. Right. And and Jeff Carter's like, your jersey's on. Your jersey's on. <laughs> so I, I turn around and I didn't know. And then Painter's like, Stager. <laughs> and, and he's like, turn your jersey around. You're not ready. I'm like, I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> I take my jersey and Carter, like Carter is crying laughing. Oh my God. I gotta say something oh. about that. Oh, That's great, man. man. And yeah. Kevin, Kevin Deneed did that one time. My first year in Philly, he was here before he got traded. And he was walking down the chute at the spectrum and his jersey was on backwards. Oh, no, boys weren't gonna tell him. Finally, someone said something. He was like, "Oh my god!" But he didn't even know it. That's pretty good. That's great. That's pretty good. Hey, Stegs, before we let you go here, because I know you're on lockdown, you got the you got the crew there. You you gotta have a, a nasty story or two. Ah, uh, oh man, there's so many in such a short time. But like my my favorite <laughs> stories, I tell everyone is like he would just he was just constantly pranking everybody. Again, the one in the one in Ottawa is what I tell everyone. Like this guy, like knows I'm still nervous. I'm on edge. I just get traded to a team, and he's filming me pranking me in front of everyone. You know, <laughs> so it was just it. I mean, it really uh, just reminiscing on all the times, and even when I wasn't um, there, he would always be, you know, on the bench making faces at me. You know, especially at the starts of games, I'd be with Calgary, I'd be with Chicago, I'd be with other teams, and it was like the pranks never ended. So. Uh, yeah. It, it was great, man. And I, I can't thank Nasty enough for everything. And, you know, our, our time together was short, but uh, friendship definitely happened there and um, yeah. still to this sure. day, you know. So and that's that's the biggest thing is knowing the relationships that he kept with all his players is great. Yeah, oh, for sure. I can yeah, attest I to that. Yeah. I appreciate you saying that. I Steer is one of my favorite guys because, one, he was he's a hell of a player. And I loved his I love that shit about being greasy. That's what I always remembered about Steger before I knew him. 
I'm like, this little rat. He's like, he's good though. Like yeah, he's yeah. good. He's scoring, but he's like, he's getting in guys' Spicy. faces. He's chopping guys, doing these little things. But that's what I, I really liked about Steger. And he was, as soon as he got there, like everyone loved him. And and all the boys that we're friends with, Pat Sharpie and, and those guys are like, dude, you're going to love this guy. Yeah. Um, and we did, and we still do. So um, it, it was, it was fun having Steger. I wish we'd have had him longer. I remember you got Trey. We're like, he had to trade it to Florida. Like, what the hell? He's like, <laughs> yeah, right. Homer, he's like, Homer called me. And he, I think he was going to cry or something. I don't know. He's like, I wasn't even here long. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I remember the year end meeting him kind of asking what I could do better. And again, I took her, I took definitely a reduced role, which is fine. We're trying to win a cup. And then uh, he kind of talked about the next year. And then I remember I was in Whitefish actually. And he called me that uh, they traded me to Florida. But I think how it went down was, Florida was trying to sign Yager at the time. And then they didn't know if they were going to agree on a deal, but then Philly wanted to sign Yager, but they couldn't afford to have me and Yager. So I believe there was uh, obviously you take Yager, um, but the, <laughs> the deal was to move me on. So you could fit Yager in the cap. Cause he signed for the same contract I had. I believe he took three years uh, for a $3 million cap hit when he first came back. Um, but that's, that's how it kind of worked out, but it was, it was short lived, man. And, and, uh, I mean, they moved out everyone that year, right. To bring in gold. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. They, they, uh, they sure did. <laughs> yeah. Like like, yeah. No comment. <laughs> no, yeah. no. no, I actually saw Briz the other day. I don't know if I told you that Riles, but we can get to that later, but, yeah. um, Steger it was, uh, seriously, man, you know, you're one of my favorite guys, dude. Like we've stayed friends since, you know, once you left and, and we appreciate you coming on, man. We really do. Awesome. Well, yeah, thanks for having it. me, guys. It's great. Thanks for having me. All right, man. You better get to the boys there. They're fired up. Yeah. Dude, it, it's all day. <laughs> you get a ball to the head there in a second if you don't uh, give them some attention. Elvis is just <laughs> throwing stares. cars. I <laughs> uh, know. I saw it. You, you get up to paint the walls. Elvis keeps coming around, like looking in. Just He's waiting. I got, I, you can't see my, I got my finger like, stay back, bro. Yeah, uh, but anyway. Well, thanks again, man. And yeah, reach out anytime, eh? Yeah, for sure, man. Good luck with everything, dude. And uh, yeah, good luck. We you got the playoffs coming. On. I know you're doing stuff with Sportsnet, um, yeah. but we got to throw in a few of your nightly stick points. You know, with the Warriors. Stick yeah, so that's the playoffs. That's when I get in the playoffs. You, I'll be, yeah. yeah. So I, I, I'm enjoying that. So yeah. we'll, we'll see that when it. I'll comes be using out. the golf club. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Cool. Yeah. All right, brother. Appreciate it, man. All right, take care, guys. Take care. Thanks, man. That episode was brought to you by Settlemeyer Skate Sharpening. For the best sharpening around, visit SettlemeyerSkateSharpening.com. And for any relaxation needs or stress-related needs, check out BodyCheckWellness.com. Nasty, that was awesome interview with... Chris Prestige, what an amazing guy. Uh, interesting career, you know, to, to, to talk to a guy that uh, thought he would never make it, never have a chance to make it, and to go on and, you know, play just under, I think, what was it, 700 games and two Stanley Cups, and, and to kind of be, a, uh, you know, a pivotal player on most of these teams he played on is pretty impressive. And you know him better than I do, so. Yeah, he, um, you know, he, I think he had a little bit of everything in his game. He was a skilled player. Obviously he had, yep. he had lots of, he has a lot of skill and he was versatile as well. Like you, you mentioned in the, uh, you know, when we interviewed him, 
you know, third to second line, even to get thrown on the first line here and there. Um, he, he's good enough to do that. But I, the thing I really liked about Steger, even before I knew him, was just his the little edge that he had yeah. when he played because he's not an overly big guy, which, you know, we know. Uh, but he, he he's a little shit, a little screwer, prick. you know, yeah. he was a prick. He's always given a little shot, always had something to say out of the side of his mouth. Nick Cousins always reminded me of him. Oh, a yeah, right. Because yeah. he, cause he just would, you'd see Cousy kind of saying something out of the side of his mouth. Next thing you know, a guy <laughs> would chop him and they're in the box and he's like looking around and he's yeah. you know, yeah. snickering, laughing a little bit. But uh, Steger was a lot like that, but he was a, he was a hell of a player and um, two Stanley Cups and, I, I I didn't realize he played D. Like uh, yeah, that is he'd be wild, a little man. little D man. He's he's not a very big guy. I know that there's a lot of players that aren't huge anymore, but uh, I didn't know he was a D man. Well, I, I think they you know tried to put him back there in yeah. Red Deer with uh, with Brent Sutter. I think you know the, the Sutters are always trying to kind of re- reinvent the wheel and be creative. I think maybe they saw him as like you know a quarterback back there, just like skating the puck up the ice. Yeah, and whatnot, but it's it's tough for a forward, you know, a say a career long forward. I mean, you played ten years of forward and going back on D, and you know, and, and trying to yeah. be responsible back there is is a tough thing to do. But I I get it. Maybe as far as junior hockey, carrying the puck up the ice and you know, having a a good puck possession defenseman, maybe you didn't have one at the time. Um, I can see yeah. where the heads are at, but <clears throat> that's a tough uh, that's a tough challenge for any player. He's seen it the opposite way, even with the Flyers, with uh, Sam Wren, you know, you know, yep. career defenseman, move him up on uh, up, up front, which is an easier transition, right? Less responsibility up front, uh, but nonetheless, it's hard to do. Um, yeah, but uh, obviously, Steger is a he's he's a forward, you know, he's a creative forward, and yeah, um, and a great guy, great personality, you know. He said yep. he's a, he got like a dry sense of humor, but he's he's witty, you know. He's always yeah. kind of like sarcastic and. And feeling the room and and screwing with people, so uh, yeah, it was a, it was a great interview. It was nice to re- reconnect with him. Yeah, he's a, he's a he's an awesome guy, man. Got a lot of a lot of cool things going on too. So it's good to catch up with him. Yeah, absolutely, and good, and good luck to him in his uh, in his entrepreneurship and his newest ventures. I know he's got a few things going on there, and uh, sounds like some cool technology that he's he's working with, and hopefully he can say revolutionize the you know the the sports uh, arena with the with the tech and um, it sounds like he's got a, you know, good head on his shoulders and he's, he's positive and kind of found his niche. So wish him the best. Yeah, for sure, man. Great guy. Great guy. Right on knuckleheads. Let's tune in next week for episode 21 of nasty knuckles. That wraps up episode 20 until then stay safe, have a little fun and we'll see you then. See you knuckleheads. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. 
Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.